Ricky, 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 Ricky. What's up, What's man? Up? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, man. You are a busy, busy, busy dude. You were just on uh, another pod this week. I feel like every week you're on somebody else's pod. Hey, Pretty man, fing- dude. fingers crossed it keeps going, right? Um, yeah, no, but this this Monday I was uh, able to join Ben with the Keep Purring po- podcast. Um, really good dude, man. Um, smart. His co-host wasn't able to join us because he was a little bit under the weather, um, but it was a nice opportunity, man, to go in there and talk about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's always fun, too, to be able to have almost like a precursor for our uh, our weekly yeah. podcast, too, so that I could kind of feel fresh and, and, and uh, everything is already on my mind once we start talking. I've had a couple of days to stew and really get pissed off about what I was saying on yep. the other show. So, yeah, you always get the riled up version of me, man. Don't you enjoy that? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I love it. I love, uh, and I also love that you spread the good news that is the Carolina Panthers. Man, you know what? There's going to be one day where we're we're going to be happy doing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a great way to put it, though, right? Like I'm like knocking on doors and I'm like, hey, have you heard the good news? <laughs> you know, like the Panthers are one in twelve, but eventually I'm going to knock on doors and there's those numbers are going to be inverted, right? Like it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. hey, have you heard the good news? The Panthers are six and four. <laughs> oh man, oh man, that would be great. That would just be amazing. Just to a man could dream, can he? It'd be so nice. It'd be it would yeah. be great. Um. Awesome. Let's just all, so we got a lot to talk about today. Um, yeah. So I would say we can just go ahead and jump on in. Unfortunately, as excited as I was last year about us sweeping the Saints, they come back and sweep us. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Saints game, which man, I just hate losing to the Saints. I hate yep. it so much. I would have been I, honestly, I, I would have been okay with everything that happened this year. If we would have just gone in and just destroyed the Saints, like <laughs> yeah, if, that, no, I if that's, I would, I would have been fine. I would have been like, you know what, we sucked this year, but we beat the Saints. So yeah, but we didn't. Um, so I, I think I'll just set it up like this. We, I think we, everybody watching the game saw what happened. Bryce just couldn't get a second to throw the ball, um, mm-hmm. and when he did the receivers dropped it. So let me get your, your idea of what happened to us on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. That's a pretty um, accurate description for like a real quick highlight of it. Right. The other, the other part that you got to throw in there because I hate how everyone thinks that just because we defend Bryce young being a rookie and having a lot of cards against him in this current situation it's also important to note that he missed some throws and that he made some bad throws that he looked like he probably made some misreads. Um, and it's it's hard to say for sure about like the he missed an open receiver, right? Because we don't know what the progressions are on, on a concept of a play. And Bryce Young does, the offense does. Those are the only people that will be able to tell you if he did something wrong as far as getting to receivers in the progressions. But as far as the timing on the throws and stuff, the the main one is the Mingo throw, right? The deep throw over the middle. That's a difficult miss, dude. That sucks because that was a touchdown. It was points. Um, It's an opportunity that doesn't present itself a lot, especially in this offense. But that is exactly why I think it's almost unfair to point to that and say, and that's why Bryce has to be better. That's why Bryce is the problem of this offense. Mm -hmm. It's because those opportunities don't present themselves very often. And that's not on Bryce. That's on the offensive scheme. That's on the receivers. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sit here and harp on the one or two misses that Bryce has when throughout the duration of the season and these games, those opportunities don't exist, man. And we're sitting here criticizing a rookie as opposed to holding veteran players and coaches to the higher standard. And and I am just of the opinion, man, And I spoke about this with Ben on Keep Purring, but I'm of the opinion that you should be able to hold veteran players and coaches to a higher standard than rookies. And that goes for rookie quarterbacks, rookie receivers, anything. I'm a big DJ Chark fan. I think everyone knows that about us at this point. But he had some very bad drops, man. And and you got to call a spade a spade. That was a tough game for DJ. And those are situations where... You're talking about a fourth down, right? A fourth and two where he finds DJ on a back shoulder throw. If he makes that catch, and, and he's got to make that catch, man. I don't care what anyone says. You've got to make that catch. It hit him in both hands and mm-hmm. in the chest on the way out. If he makes that catch, you're talking about being first and 
10 from the 12, that's that's a scoring opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Another one was third down, and he threw it to DJ and hit him in the face mask. It got through his hands and hit him in the face mask. And again, you're talking about being around the 10-yard line if he completes that catch. These are mm-hmm. scoring opportunities, man, that you have to hit. And you've got to catch those. And that that would take a lot of that pressure off of Bryce when it's, hey, now you have this deep throw that you have to hit Domingo or else we don't have a chance to score. Don't mm-hmm. put all of the pressure on Bryce Young. Yes, I think Bryce has to make that throw, but I think that it's uh, a lot of context behind the fact that that's not the only squandered opportunity for points. Yeah. Man, and sitting there watching the Titans game and watching Will Levis in those last two drives and just yeah. watching how much time he had to throw the football. I mean, he's I just like, standing in the pocket, right? Like, yeah. and, and hey, guess who was starting for? Uh, guess who was starting for the Tennessee Titans in that game <laughs> on the offensive line? I Calvin Throckmorton, the 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 real scapegoat of the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> was the starting right guard for the Tennessee Titans when oh, they beat the Miami Dolphins. But hey, guess what? At least we have Justin McCray, and at least we had Brett Toth, who's no longer here. Um, at least we signed Gabe Jackson, who does not play. At least we just put Cade Mays back into rotation even after he struggled. Now he looked better in this game. But I'm just saying that like the moves that we're making, dude, what what are we doing, man? This isn't a competent football team. And every mm. single aspect of that is showing. Sorry to go on a tangent, but you brought it up. It's your fault. Yeah, yeah. Man, well, so I I I I'm in a fantasy uh, uh league and I have my I've actually have uh, both leagues that I'm in, I have buys this week. Um but congratulations. Uh, yeah, but I have a lot of 49ers in my leagues. So I watch those games pretty closely, and everybody's on like kind of the Brock Purdy um, MVP yeah. train. And honestly, you should, I, mean, I, I you can't fault a guy for having an excellent team, um, but he has an excellent team. Dude, that kid sits back there, has a cup of coffee, you know, goes <laughs> to the bathroom. Like, like yeah. the, the, the throw he made to Debo. Like it was a beautiful throw, but man, uh-huh. that guy just like sit back there, like play some dominoes, like like just like does not get touched ever. And you know the fun part about that too is that a lot of people try to say, no, he doesn't have great protection. Look at the PFF scores for his offensive line, and this really just I, this is one of my favorite things that we could talk about today <laughs> because when you look at the PFF scores, that's my whole thing, right? Don't just look at the PFF scores. They don't tell an entire story. They lack every bit of context, every bit of nuance that goes into what these players are being asked to do. A system like the San Francisco offense that relies so much on shifts and motions and play action, that helps an offensive line so much. You don't need elite drop-back protections because they're not doing that. They're not asking him to do that. That is something that, Man, have you guys heard me and Alex say how much we want to see more shifts in motions and more play action from this offense? It's not just because I've read it on the internet. It's because it actually has a benefit to this offense, especially the offensive line unit that has struggled mightily. I mean, we have been atrocious as a unit on the offensive line. And there are things that you can do from a conceptual standpoint to try to help those guys. And we just don't do it. And it's bonkers, dude. And it, and it really just goes to show, if you want to sit here and make a full evaluation of Bryce Young, take all of that into account. Because if you had Bryce Young in San Francisco and he was in Bryce Purdy's position, it would be lights out. I have no doubt about it that he has shown the same abilities that Bryce Purdy has when it comes to being accurate and distributing the football. And that's what makes Bryce Purdy special on his own, right? Quick decision-making and accuracy. Because you're right, man. You can't take away from these guys either, though. Just because he has a good supporting cast, and that's the whole argument. I think that we'll talk about the Cam Newton situation a little bit later in this. But that's that whole argument about game manager and system quarterback. There's nothing wrong with it, man. You still have to be able to execute that. You still have to be able to do it at a high level. I would love it if Bryce Young could be a game manager at this point in his career. I think that every single quarterback would be ecstatic if they could come into the league their rookie year and be asked to be a game manager because that means you have a competent team around you with an offensive vision yeah man i just well it it makes you it makes you you, just makes you feel so bad for for him uh for all the rookies for the players in general that aren't the vets that aren't stepping up because i do think a lot of it runs on the vets too because the vets are not Nobody's taking ownership and saying, 
And it's just like, and that's why there's a, one thing after the other, after the other, yeah. these bonehead <laughs> plays, uh, shot Tuttle jumps up sides, uh, Pinero, you knew he was going to miss that kick. He just yeah. knew it because that's who they yeah. are right now. Like, that, right. like they're just going to fail. And they all have, like, it's, it all, you know, the, the, the Eddie Panera, like, it's like, the body that's language. what they're doing. Yeah. They, they, they All game long, they go, you We're know. playing like, losing football. Everybody yeah. is out there with a loser's mentality. Yes. And I get it, dude. You're getting run down. You're one in 12. I understand. But we're going out there and we're playing losing football because we have losing mentality right now. Right. You can see it all across the board. The drops, dude, it's not like DJ Chark doesn't have plates for hands. He's not my buddy plates, right? He can catch the football. But yep. right now, he's in his own head too, it would seem. He knows Everybody. that they're losing. And he knows that the pressure is on for every opportunity you have at a big play. It may be the only one in that game that you have an opportunity for a big play. So there is extra pressure on every single one of those situations. That doesn't mean that he shouldn't be able to perform under pressure. He should. But I understand the added pressure, and that adds to that loser's mentality. When you don't complete that play, it just snowballs, man, and you feel terrible, and you have no confidence, and that is showing across the board for this Panthers team right now. Yeah, yeah. And I know I know, like uh, a guy like Patrick Mahomes wasn't yelling at his guys, but you know what? He showed emotion. Yeah. Those guys are playing losing football. When those guys are having drops, he's showing emotion. He shows That's that right. he cares. He, yeah. like, we're the, our whole team is going. Eddie Pinero. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. just. Uh, sorry. Speaking of uh, um, receivers and drops, uh, Mike Hay uh, talked about TMJ. Do you want to touch on uh, TMJ at all? And like, why aren't we giving him anything? Like, the, the season's over. Might as well yeah. like just kind of see what you have, right? Yeah, that's the really interesting thing. Is that me and you touched on it briefly last week? You asked me if there was anything that we wanted to talk about with TMJ. And I was like, I don't think so, because I just don't know that there's anything on the horizon for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And and Mike K um, had a article go up from the Charlotte Observer today. And it talks about how, you know, in a, such a miserable season for the entire Panthers team, the maybe the most frustrating one has been Terrace Marshall Jr.'s. And it's not in the way of injury that you would think would make a second year or third year receivers um, season very difficult in trying, right? It's simply not getting opportunities and, and falling out of favor. There were some there were some little um, wordings in, within the article that I thought were interesting, and one of them was TMJ saying, "You know, I, I'm I'm all ears. I'm listening more and I'm doing more than I am talking." So. Perhaps there was a issue of him being a little bit vocal about his displeasure or disdain in the offense and his usage. Maybe that threw him into a doghouse. Now that's an insinuation. That's not me saying that I know that, but the wording of it kind of played into that idea. Um, the other thing was that there was converse or, or wording from Chris Tabor that it's not just about doing on offense and it's not just about doing on defense. There's three phases of the t- game. So he's he's insinuating that maybe the special teams aspect isn't Terrace Marshall's forte. But my issue, man, that I'm having, and again, I don't want to seem like I'm piling on DJ Chark today because that's not the case. But when we see a guy like Chark who is struggling with drops and he's struggling to produce at, on a consistent basis, why wouldn't you say at this juncture of the season, we need to have everybody earning their playing time and their keep? And if we're seeing a guy struggle and he's not in the best mindset or he he just doesn't seem to have the confidence, why wouldn't you let Terrace Marshall Jr. go out there? DJ's not playing special teams, right? Like he's not he's not out there on the special teams. That's not anything that we have to worry about. So let let Terrace essentially just take that position for a day, for one game. Mm-hmm. Let him play it and see what happens. When we when we made a concerted effort to push the ball downfield last week against the Saints. That's a situation that I think Terrace Marshall Jr. could have thrived in. And when you saw DJ struggling and dropping those passes, that would have been when, if Terrace had been active, that's when I probably would have said, hey, look, let's make a switch. You know what I mean? Before we started recording, you, me and you were talking, and you mentioned that they essentially kind of put ISM in there for DJ Chark, right? And, mm-hmm. and it seemed almost at a time that that's what they were doing, that they were like, hey, we got to find somebody else. We got to get somebody else in there right now because we're struggling. Terrace Marshall Jr. profiles very well into a Z receiver role. Why not use him there? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and you, and Mingo with that drop pass or, or, or the missed opportunity to Mingo deep. That's a situation that I think that Terrace maybe has a little bit more speed. Maybe that timing there 
could have worked a little bit better. I, mm-hmm. I, look, man, it's all speculation and it's all hindsight. But what does it hurt to give this kid a chance at this point? And, and, right. and everything that in that article said that he is being a professional and he's ready to go. I know that at the end of this, he probably has to have a change of scenery. I understand that it likely doesn't work out here. But I don't know why for the next four games, you don't at least give him a chance to rebuild some of his confidence, give Bryce a chance to throw to another receiver that maybe can do something better than what some of these other guys are doing. We haven't seen him on the field for weeks. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that we know for sure that this guy doesn't have ability to do something that we are lacking right now on this offense. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Worst case, worst case scenario, you showcase him for another team that wants to trade for him. You know, that's it. <laughs> what's what's the downfall in that, right? Yeah. Say, so say yeah. Say say this. Say uh, next year, um, you got two. You still got two. Uh, good, you say Terrace Marshall does good enough to be a starting team, right? You uh-huh. have um, Mingo as your big slot. And then you go after a big dog as your ex receiver, whether that might be a Justin Jefferson, because, you know, Vikings always move on from their guys before the next contract. And they've seen that they can play, you know, Addison. Uh, they got guys. Um, it could be a T. Higgins. It could be Michael Pittman. It could be a Terry McLaurin. There's like a ton of guys that are going to be out there this yeah. uh, year, or it's a deep, deep, deep um, re- receiver class. And you, right. your first pick on on a, on a stud receiver. Um, regardless of what what you do, if we if we somehow say this is this guy can be a starting Z with, yeah. with Bryce and already has that rapport, you you with the right coaching staff, you fix your receiving core right then. That's a, that's a long shot because chances are Terrace Marshall just isn't a, a good starting Z, but might be. Who knows? And you got him on a rookie contract. Yeah, um, and, and, and even if he's not though. What is the damage for the next five games? You can't say, well, you're going to take this huge drop in production if you go him over a chark or something like that. Like, that's not the case, right. man. Like, we're yeah. not losing out. It's not like we're saying, let's bench this prolific, you know, game-changing receiver for us this season. It, it just hasn't worked out that way. I and, and I think that there is a pride aspect here with the front office that they don't want to sit here and say, hey, this guy that we brought in to do that, we don't want to bench him for the guy that we've said doesn't have it. Because that'll make us yeah. look, again, like egg on our face. I'm, I'm yeah. over the pride thing, dude. I, I want to move on from this front office. I want to move on from this. I don't want to admit mistakes. I want to cover our tracks. We got to we gotta start having transparency, and we got to have incentive-based playing time. I need guys to be playing because they earned it. And, yeah. and I just don't think that Terrace Marshall Jr. sitting back and being professional and still working is a reason for him not to be playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like That just seems like a wild idea to me. Um, but what do yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at look at the Jets. I mean, the Jets are morons, and they benched uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, and then they lost every game going down the stretch. And then right. they, they did, and they did the exact same thing this year. But they were like, you know what? We were wrong a second time. Let's and, bring Zach Wilson. Yeah, back. right, right. And you know <laughs> so, when you talk, when you talk about those receivers that you could add, like big name receivers, if you had to make like a splash trade type of situation because somebody's ready to move on. How about Stephon Diggs right now in Buffalo? Yeah. Like they're on the cusp of not making the playoffs. He has seen his his uh, production and his targets go way down. We already saw that they had some issues going into the season. You know, like like conversations between him and Josh that just didn't seem terrific. If you have the ability to go and get a guy like that, I understand it would take a lot of like draft capital, right? But this is a proven receiver at a high level. I would go and I would get him. You know what I mean? I would go yeah. and I would do whatever you had to do to get a Stephon Diggs type of player. And that's all hypothetical, but yeah. we're talking about what do you do to solve or to fix this team in a quick oh, way, right? Because yeah. we have a window with Bryce Young's rookie contract. So right. you got to right. act urgently. You can't do this whole like, well, let's just slow play into it. No, no, no. You're already behind the eight ball. It is time to fix things as quickly as possible. You know, yeah. and like, yeah, sure. You don't want to like mortgage your entire future. But if it takes giving up your second round pick this year, second round pick next year, or we don't have a second next year, but a second and a third or something like that and a future third. Go for yeah. it, dude. Go yeah. for it right away. Include a Terrace Marshall Jr. Give them an opportunity to say, well, hey, maybe we get this guy that didn't get playing time. Maybe he works out for us. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah. Uh, we don't need to go uh, too yeah. much in the receivers yeah. uh, just because it's all hypothetical. I will say that um, it looked like they made it. It looked like two games ago they made a concerted. They made an effort to get ISM the ball. That didn't work out. Last game, they made an effort to get um, DJ Chark the ball. That didn't work out. 
And then yep. in both times, Bryce went back to old reliable and Mingo and Thielen. And Mingo is getting better game after game after game after yep. game. And he's getting open. So yep. that is a positive, optimistic thing that you can look at. Mingo yep. does look like he um, is the real deal, as does Mr. Chuba Hubbard. Um, he he runs. I, I just wish they would run a gap scheme more because that would yep. help get these pass rushers off of Bryce. Yep. Everything's a zone. Like it's just like run at these pass rushers so they don't like get a clean run at Bryce every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I don't understand it, and it looks. It's, and they went know. away, and they went away from twelve personnel, and and they did operate under center again a little bit. They they did show some RPO looks that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and the twelve personnel may have been a situation because of Ian Thomas's injury. Right, he left with an ankle injury, so maybe we just didn't have. They didn't want to run uh, Stephen Sullivan. As mm-hmm. an inline tight end, because that's just not his jam, dude. As a right. blocker, he's going to get run over more times than not. Um, but I do think that they've got to figure out a way because that twelve personnel is a way that we have seen them find success, man. And it's and it's built more for this offense and the personnel. So I, I really do think they've got to make a concerted effort. I know they just signed a uh, practice squad tight end. They just signed a new guy to the practice squad. I think is Chris Pierce, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, not entirely sure who he is, okay. what he does. But you know what? He's a tight end body that they clearly are saying we need that right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I there's there's ways, man. And we I want to see this coaching staff for the next four games just try to get a little bit more creative isn't even the word. Um, in tune, in touch mm-hmm. with what we have. I, I just want to see us try that, man. Because you're right, Chuba Hubbard, dude, that guy is legit, man. This dude mm-hmm. has to be in our running back plans going forward. If you don't want right. to call him your workhorse and say that he's your stud, that's fine. I'm not opposed to that. But he has got to be in the equation, and he's got to be looked at as a future piece of this offense. Um, and, and our offensive line, you retool it. You know what I mean? You, you change up the offensive scheme, the blocking scheme. Right, yeah. Like there's, there's, a win, there's an opportunity there to make that your identity, right? Mm-hmm. Until you get the receivers around that you want to be able to focus the offense on Bryce Young. Correct, yeah. We, we, the, a lot of the stuff can be schemed. Um, yeah. And I and I think getting healthy will definitely help. Um, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Chubert's the truth. Chubert, Chuba Hubbard is the is the is the truth. That's his legal um, full name, Chubert Herbert. <laughs> I want to touch on Mister Derek Brown is freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, He's so good. He is man. <laughs> If it comes down to one or the other between him and Brian Burns, keep Derek Brown, give him all the money. That yep. dude is a freaking stud. And he, he, those, man, that's like, the, think about um, um, Sim, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, uh, um, uh, Chris Jones. Like, he mm-hmm. can be those guys. Yeah. And he can be that, like, tomorrow. Like, he's entering that stage of his, uh, his prime. And those are game records and i love this dude that dude's works he is that that guy um yeah it, 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 do you agree with that is that kind of like uh where you stand too hell yeah 100 yeah. that's where i stand and i think anyone that's watched these games this year can easily point out Derek brown as one of the only consistent major producers for this defense or for this team now, the defense, man, we've got guys with effort, right? We've got guys that do play well. But Derek Brown is the one that constantly makes an impact. And I know that it may not show up in the box score. He may not have, you know, double-digit sacks. He may not have five or six sacks. This dude is a game-changer. Mm-hmm. They have to scheme for him in the run game, which is where – that's his forte. That is his dominance, right? He is going to eat up blocks. He's going to close gaps. And he makes everything difficult for – who is lined up in front of him. I mean, he, he probably gives opposing offensive lines nightmares the night before games. We know, and we're about to see him up against Atlanta again, and we know that he has dominated Lindstrom, who is one of the top guards in the league. I mean, this dude, mm-hmm. Lindstrom is literally one of the best offensive guards in the NFL, and Derek Brown has had his number the past two or three years, and in, in a major way. We saw it in week one. I hope that we continue to see it this week. Um but then you look at his ability to get into the backfield. He's not doing it as much right now because he's the only person. It's him and Brian Burns. Like, those are the only yeah. threats. And Burns right now, 
I, I don't know that Burns is like having a a rough go of it necessarily, but he's not being as productive as he usually is. And and maybe mm. some of it is a mental thing. Maybe he's a little bit checked out on the season. Maybe he's a little bit frustrated. He's definitely still seeing all the double teams and things like that. Like, there's two players that people game plan against us on yeah. defense. Derek yeah. Brown and Brian Burns. So every single week they say, look, you just take out these guys and we can handle everybody else on the team. With our mm-hmm. secondary being healthy, I do think that that helps both of them a lot because having J.C. Horn out there, J.C. Horn, <laughs> J.C. Yeah. Horn, having him out there, like it does, it, it creates this um, extra time for our defensive line to be able to get after somebody, right? Even when there's not added pressure, it just it, it gives a little bit extra incentive that, hey, look, we know we've got better coverage in the back end. Let's let's put a little bit of emphasis. Let's really get after the quarterback on this. Um, so. So, yeah, man, Derek Brown, in a nutshell, if there's one person on this defense that I would want to continue on with, it's Derek Brown. That doesn't mean that he is the only one, but if I had to choose, you know, like gun to my head, it is Derek Brown is going to be the guy that I think is your defensive building block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, talking about Lindstrom, he got an ankle injury on uh, last game, and he's questionable. They said Arthur Smith said he's probably going to play, uh, but hasn't practiced uh, they're so. just set, they're just setting him up for when Derek absolutely suns him again they have an excuse yeah. you know what I mean that's like that's one of those he was completely healthy coming out of the game and then all of a sudden they saw Derek Brown on the schedule and like hey by the way he's dealing with a major <laughs> ankle so if he looks a little bit slow and gets eaten up it's it's not on him <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, man that dude I'm totally kidding Derek doesn't need any kind of excuse he's gonna eat that kid's lunch anyways Man, next year my my jersey is going to be a Derek Brown jersey. I just love that guy, man. Yes, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just move on from this game. I'm just tired of talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, let's uh, start talking about the news. One thing we have to touch down a touch. <laughs> I wish we were doing any kind of touchdowns. Oh, <laughs> we got this guy right here. <laughs> Dude, you know where I got this koozie? I'm showing a koozie for people listening. I'm showing a koozie with Cam Newton on it. I got this koozie at the freaking Super Bowl because that's where Cam Newton was. And yeah. we're not putting any respect on this dude's name. I don't want to talk about it very long. Um, and it's just so annoying that anytime that this guy has something to say, mm-hmm. he's a problem. And that right. we, we put this stigma on him for his entire career. Man, I remember that I, he is different. Cam Newton is different as a human being. He is is um what's the word charismatic he is out yeah. there he dabbing all over the league yeah. yeah he's he's a big big personality which is always easy to attack and hate on and he played sure. a different style of football that people can easily put stats up against and be like see he like he didn't do this to this and blah, blah, blah. it's like right so shut up like who, yeah. who why do we, we we don't do this with anyone else with yeah. no one else like Julian Edelman can go and say all he wants on TV. Uh, David Carr can go out on TV mm-hmm. and say that uh, Jalen Hurts should be benched for um, Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Mariota. And no yeah. one talks about it. The minute yeah. that Cam Newton says anything, it's an attack, 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 attack. You have 30 seconds to talk about this because I want to move on because I don't want to spend too much time on this. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, 100%. Um, Cam Newton's a league MVP, right? He, he led a Ted Ginn uh, – as the number one wide receiver in his group to a Super Bowl appearance, um, went 15 and one in that season, won the league MVP. You know, you talk about like uh, these talking heads that say these things, they always started off with his outfits. First of all, just remove that. What does it matter what he wears? I don't care, dude. Is it my style? No, it's not. But I also just wear black tees. That's all that I wear, right? Like I'm a very simple person. I don't have the ability to pull off the things that Cam Newton can pull off. He still looks cool as shit no matter what he's wearing, dude. So what does it matter? It also doesn't matter to a debate about football. So you go into the football aspect of it. There's guys like Jason McIntyre who filled in for Colin Coward, and he puts up this, this graphic where he's comparing the careers of Dak Prescott and Cam Newton, and it completely fails to mention the 5,000-plus yards rushing and 75 touchdowns that he accrued on the ground. And he wants to sit there and cherry-pick those stats and present them in a very biased manner to fit his narrative. 
I cannot stand that, dude. And I understand, man, it is it's talk radio. It's it's a similar medium of media of what we're doing here, where we talk about things, we give our opinion. I get it. But this is a dude with a national platform that is supposed to have a little bit more integrity and a little bit more journalistic journalistic respect for presenting things. Trash. That dude is trash. He called Chicago a war zone. That was the first time that I was out on that idiot. And then he starts talking about all of these things that, I mean, dude, what does it matter comparing Dak Prescott to Cam Newton right now when all Cam said is that there are game changers and there are game managers? We talked about it earlier. Game manager is not a bad thing. He is simply saying that what their team asks them to do is operate and execute within that realm of, of responsibilities. Great. That means that they have a pretty solid team around them. And then you point to a guy like Josh Allen. You say, well, he's a game changer. You know what? Josh Allen would benefit a hell of a lot from being more of a game manager than a game changer. Because when he starts playing that hero ball, that's when they get in trouble against teams that they should be blowing out. But he throws three interceptions because he thinks that he has to do everything himself. Yeah. I, Pat Mahomes is a game changer. But they also ask him to execute that Andy Reid offense. It's when he gets out of structure and he creates. Yeah, absolutely, man. He's different. There are some guys that are different. Cam Newton was different. That doesn't mean that it's a bad thing for him to be able to give his opinion. Mm -hmm. If anybody should be able to speak on it, it's Cam Newton. He knows exactly what it means to be a difference maker as opposed yeah. to a game manager. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's true and we can move on from that. But mm -hmm. um, Yeah, sorry, that was more than 30 seconds. My bad. There was um, at the beginning of the year, I did a 32 and 32. And I, I, I picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. They were my, um, uh, they were my number two power ranked team, but I, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Um, and I went on, and I, and I think I was the only one I could even find to defend Dak Prescott. Yeah. And everyone was hating on Dak Prescott. Said he's dumb, interception, blah, 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 blah. And this is the guy that you want to compare to that guy? Yeah. It's it's so strange, and you can you can take what you will for why people do that. But mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to hate on uh, Cam than Dak. But it's a lot easier to hate on Dak than some other uh, quarterbacks in the league for whatever right. reason that you think that exists. Um, right. Cam uh, did talk though about Bryce. He said you can't you can't you can't give Bryce a grade yet because. He doesn't have any help. He has nobody around him. Do you right. kind of agree with Cam on that? Yeah, 100%. And we've talked about that a lot this season, right? Um, <clears throat> now, where I will say is that I think that you can absolutely critique and judge Bryce to an extent because you can't throw <clears throat> every aspect of it away, right? He's still out there playing every week. So you can 100% look at what you see on the field and make some judgments from that, make some reads about what he is and isn't great at right now where you can't make an evaluation on Bryce or give a grade on Bryce is what kind of player is he you see what kind of player he is in this situation in this current situation I don't think any player would look good and I mean that sincerely not just any of the rookies I'm not talking about hey swap CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson in and I bet you they're better maybe they do produce more from a statistical standpoint maybe maybe they don't I, it's not even worth really like exploring that hypothetical but for Bryce's standpoint the minute that you look at all of these other systems and all of these other offensive schemes if you just envision putting Bryce in one of those scenarios do you honestly think that he plays the same way that he's playing here in Carolina right now because I don't I'm not of that mindset and that's what Cam is alluding to he's saying that if we want to be able to put Brock Purdy in an MVP conversation which he absolutely deserves to be in we also should be able to look at Bryce Young and use that same context of everything around him and say, that could be why he's not playing well. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's really easy, man. It doesn't have to be this, like, huge think piece of, an, of a situation. It can just be offensive line is terrible. It is a turnstile on the interior. Your weapons are not performing well. Adam Thielen is having a productive season. He is limited on what he can do. I Look, and he's playing well, man. I don't mean this as a shot. He is limited in what he brings to the offense. That is just a yeah. fact. The other guys on offense, I mean, where would they be on other NFL rosters? What, yeah. what would they be? I don't know that they're starting for anybody else other than the Carolina Panthers. 
And, right. and some of that is our own doing. Some of that is it just didn't meet the expectations that everybody had. That's okay, yeah. man. It's a bad year. But Bryce Young is the future of this franchise. He has put some good things on tape, and he has put some bad things on tape. That is part of a rookie season. right? And all of that can still be worked out in the offseason and in the coming seasons during his development and progression in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you seen uh, CJ Stroud lately? Like, it's he's a rookie. Like, that's, a, that's not like a hater thing. No. Like, he, he lost Tank Dell. I mean, he's still a talent on that, that side. Collins of the was hurt. The offensive line yeah. didn't play well against the Jets, and he put up a very rookie quarterback stat yeah. line. Yeah. And, and they happens. lost to the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it happens. Um, yep. I'm going to keep pushing on through. I don't. I also don't want to talk about this very long, but there are Bill Belichick rumors. Um, oh, the, <laughs> what sucks is that I think that that's a tougher move. I mm-hmm. think that that is something that he would one hundred percent do. Right? How much do you think that that's in play? So there was a report that came out that Tepper. I think it was from Panthers Nation. Um, they put out that there was a report Tepper was interested in finding out what it would take to trade for Bill Belichick back in like November. That's a bad ominous sign <laughs> for his interest in Bill Belichick. I understand Bill Belichick's record. It's it's impressive, right? If you just look at it. It also has a big caveat in that in a guy named Tom Brady, who also went down to Tampa and won a Super Bowl there. <clears throat> I think that he has proven that he can play without Bill Belichick. I don't know that Bill Belichick has proven that he can coach without Tom Brady. Maybe he can. But if the situation in New England is bad enough that they want him out and he is this all-time great coach, what about this situation in Carolina makes you think that he can come here and do way better with what we have than what he has up there? Now, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that we have worse supporting players and, and personnel what New England has. He can make things happen on defense, no doubt about it. But he also went into a season with Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator. He also Mm. went in with Bill O'Brien as the savior for his offense. I don't see that decision-making and that outlook on what works in today's NFL translating well to Carolina and what we want to do with Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. So I think from a context standpoint, you got to look at it and say, Maybe if we had, uh, you know, an established NFL veteran quarterback who was already playing well and we just needed a change in coaching, maybe Bill Belichick can come in and win you there, win you games and, and, and get you over that line here. And then I know Cam just spoke glowingly about what Bill can do as far as building a culture. Just because you can build a culture doesn't necessarily mean it's the culture that you need for this team. Yeah. I'm not sold on wanting Bill Belichick here in Carolina. I don't want him personally. And also, just from a strictly personal fan standpoint, I don't want to root for this guy. I don't want to root (laughs) for Bill Belichick, man. I'm sorry. Like, there are so many other candidates that we could try. Please don't force me to root for the guy that I have rooted against my entire fandom, essentially. This dude beat us in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm still salty about it. I don't like him. I don't like the way he goes about things. I think that he's an old mind in the NFL. He was a great old mind at one point, but he's an old mind right now. I want to move away from that, dude, personally. Mm-hmm. I want something different. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just going to say this, and I want to move on for this because I, I don't want to talk about the whole coaching search. But somebody that's moving up my draft board, my coach board real, real fast, Brian freaking Flores, man. What he's yeah. done to that Minnesota defense unbelievable yep. and talk about a leader of men man i love that guy um but what if, but not, the only thing that the only thing that gives me pause about him was how difficult of a time Tua had with him and yeah. how he wanted Tua to do certain things and didn't really have the offensive viewpoint to get the most out of Tua. Mm-hmm. i worry a little bit about that fit but I, i'm with you man like I, I think he's a terrific coach as well but i we got we got a bunch of options man but yeah yeah, keep yeah. Back away from me yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the only like idea is like Bill O'Brien was his coordinator at Alabama, maybe right. Bryce Young, but whatever. Um, 
Moving on. Uh, we, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Nope. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's let's just go ahead and move on to this week's mm-hmm. game against the Atlanta Falcons. Man, we lost the Saints twice. We lost the Falcons once, man. Just give us one. If we get swept right. by the Falcons and the Saints. Yeah, you were talking earlier about how if we had just beat the Saints, you would have been fine with all losing all the other games. I feel about that same way about the Falcons, man. I just don't like them. And I also don't want to take two losses to a Desmond Ritter-led team. I don't want it, man. Uh, I don't like anything about that dude's game. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, there's a personal aspect that I don't want to get beat by somebody that I think is not terrific at that position that they're playing. And I just think that Bryce Young should be a better quarterback in his career. And I'm like, man, give him a little bit of a confidence boost here. Like, go out and beat these dumbass dirty birds for one <laughs> week. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. So let me, let me give you something optimistic before you go and tell us how bad we're going to lose. <laughs> uh, oh, man, don't make it seem like I'm some sort of like Grim Reaper. Of nah, Panthers. you're the Grim Reaper, man. Yeah, it's all you. Um, no. So the Atlanta Falcons are absolutely horrific at home. I am on yep. the road. Absolutely mm-hmm. terrible on the road. They're two and four. And one of those four games was them um, beating the Jets uh, 13 to eight. So yep. like they don't score a lot of points on the road as well. Panthers at home actually playing pretty decent. And they're not going against the Cowboys. Uh they have played one team at home with a losing record, and that was the Saints, and they lost that game by three. Every other team they played was with, had a winning record. They beat the, the Texans, and they, they're pretty much in every other game. Like, they were in with Minnesota for a while, um, and then, of course, we, fought, we, you know, we beat ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there is some optimism, kind of. Grady Jarrett's out. He, we went against him the first time. That's a good thing for us. So our big guys that we're going against are like Onyemata, um, if he plays. Um, their other uh, tackle is looks like he's going to be out. So it, basically Onyemata plays Campbell. Pass rush, I'm not super, super worried about. Yeah, They do still have a good run defense, but we, we seem like that we can run the ball against anyone. Give me your idea of what you're looking for that we need to do to win. That Grady Jarrett being out is a big one, right? Because yeah. we know that we've struggled with pressure being generated up the middle of our offensive line. So yep. that's, a, that's a big win, I think, for us. That is an advantage. Um, I'll rattle off some of the Atlanta um, statistical rankings real quick and then get into some things that I think are interesting. The Falcons are, on offense, they are 24th in points scored, 6th in rushing yards, 21st in passing yards, and 23rd in sacks allowed. Um, so there is an opportunity to generate some pressure against this Atlanta team, especially with Lindstrom um, being a little bit banged up. Um from a rushing yard standpoint, that's the that's the big worry, right? They got Bijan Robinson, they've got Tyler Algier, um, Cordero Patterson. They they run the ball really well. They operate at a twelve personnel a lot. They know that they put in a jumbo package. That's that's their bread and butter, and they know it. Um, from a defensive standpoint, they're twelfth in points allowed, fifteenth in rushing yards allowed, ninth in passing yards, and twenty sixth in sacks generated. So without Grady Jarrett, and they're already not a prolific. Um, team when it comes to rushing the passer there is an opportunity for us here i think man and i i think that you look at what we can do offensively we went into that buccaneers game now granted there were some weather issues with that that probably forced our hand to be a little bit more run dependent than we maybe had anticipated coming into that game but the buccaneers team is a really good run defense and we played smash mouth football for the most part in that game and we ran it up the gut we're coming off a game with New Orleans Saints, look, we lost 28-6. to six. We rushed the ball for over 200 yards in that game. We're running the ball well right now. I would continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And you look at it from a defensive standpoint, they're 15th in rushing yards allowed. So, yeah, they're not like a, a walkover, but they're also not this brick wall of a defense that you can't do that with. And we're at home. You're going to have the crowd behind you. Work on some play action off of that. That is yeah. what I want to see, man. Under center, run the ball. Miles Sanders has even been looking sharper in these past couple of weeks. Use that tandem of running backs. Create advantages for your quarterback to operate some play action. And and let's see what we can do. Passing yards, they're ninth. But that's also just because look at the brand of football that they play, right? That's on the defensive side, they're ninth. 
Mm-hmm. The brand of football they play, man, it's not like teams don't have to throw the ball around to catch up to them. They're in close games. They're not a world beater on offense. Like there's not a lot of times that teams are playing from behind and they have to throw the ball a bunch. They run the ball against them. That's it's the same thing that they do against the Panthers a lot of times. Now we have a really good secondary, but part of the reason why our secondary uh ranks are so good from a coverage standpoint is because teams run it on us more. That's just what they do. <clears throat> um, so I'll get into some stats now. Here's one of the things that is concerning to me, and this just shows you how a lack of explosiveness is one of our identifiers on offense. 18.3% of the Carolina possessions have reached the red zone or scored prior. That's the lowest rate in the league. 18.3% of our possessions have reached the red zone. We're not even getting there, man. And we talked about it at the beginning of this game or at the beginning of this podcast. There were instances with the drop passes. That's what's causing a lot of these issues, man. We're not executing when we have the opportunity to get into these areas. We scored just one touchdown from outside the red zone. One. Every other time that we have scored a touchdown has been within the 20-yard line. That's tough, man. That's that really limits what we're able to do and what we could force a defense to account for, right? It's easy to game plan against us right now. Now, what we're talking about with the passing abilities for uh Carolina against this Atlanta defense, 79% of the touchdowns against Atlanta have come via passing. That's the highest rate in the league. So that's our contrasting stat for the day that you know that I love doing. They allow 80% of the touchdowns come from throwing the football. 50%, 56% of the touchdowns against Carolina have come against the ground, have come via running the ball. Now, 50% of Atlanta's touchdowns have come from running the ball. So we're in a, we're in a world of trouble there, man. They like to run the ball. We don't like to stop the run. We yeah. have gotten a little bit better on that. So I do think that there is an opportunity that we can kind of like not stop them from running the football, but limit the effectiveness. I think that we have a nice plan in place on how to do that in the last few weeks. I think we've demonstrated that. And Najiro Evero is going to come into this knowing what they want to do, and he is going to do his best to take that away. I feel more comfortable with that side of things. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what we can do from an offensive standpoint to create enough points, man. Like, honestly. I, yeah. I just, I'm struggling really hard to see a route where we score more than 10 points in a football game for the rest of the season. Uh, and I think that it's going to be difficult to keep Atlanta from scoring more than 10 points. Yeah. So I'm looking at this. All right. Let me get some more optimism in here. Okay. Last, last, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> uh, last uh, eight games, the Falcons are four and four. Uh-huh. And their quarterbacks that they have played are Sam Howell, Baker Mayfield, Will Levis, Josh Dobbs, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, uh, Tim Boyle, mm-hmm. uh, Baker Mayfield again. And they're four and four against those quarterbacks. And those, and, and Will Levis threw for four touchdowns against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had that up. That's why I just uh, looked at it. So it can happen. There's optimism, sure, but man, we suck. <laughs> so freaking terrible. Yeah, man. I just don't see it at all. Um, and I'm tired of going in there with an optimistic view and just be super disappointed. Sure. I think this is going to be the worst, second worst game of the year, maybe <laughs> outside of the uh, Raiders and and Vikings. Um, I think it's going to be, maybe they both have single digits. I don't know. Um, but we ain't going to win. I, I'm, I just, I just don't think we're going to win. They're playing for something. We're mm-hmm. playing for nothing. We have a loser's mentality. They actually think they can win the division and they, they, and they, 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 they can. I mean, their, their schedule, yeah, they're us, Colts, Bears, Saints. They, like, they now, one thing them. I will say about that, when you talk about their winner's mentality and they think that they can win that division. And we talked about how much we love Derek Brown. Did you hear what he said when he was asked about, hey, so I know that you're out of the playoffs, but like, do you have any added motivation to to uh, ruin the dream season for the Falcons? And he was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, if I got to be on the couch, somebody else is going to be there with me. He was like, I want to yeah. keep everybody from what they want to do. So yeah. maybe there is a little motivation there on at least the defensive side of like, hey, man, we don't want these little shitbirds to be the ones going in for our conference and, and showing out for us. 
Like they would rather have the Buccaneers do it at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so would I. There's a little bit of added motivation there. Um, I don't know, man. But do we want to just get right into score predictions? Because yeah, let's get, let's get away. Just so and just so we were clear, our team ain't Derek Brown. Like <laughs> they don't yeah, have the same mentality as Derek Brown does. Derek and Brown then I was trying to do your thing where I was trying to find optimism yeah, and then throw yeah. in some good news there. Oh man. All right. So I've already uh bet this game. I I've taken the um Falcons minus three and the under. I have the Falcons winning. 16 to 10. Falcons. Okay. Um, I'm going to go 20 to 10, Carolina. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. I know, man. I completely changed up there. So here's the deal, man. I think that we get seven off of a pick six on Desmond Ritter. I think that Bryce Young throws a touchdown to Jonathan Mingo. And I think we get two field goals. And I think yeah. that the field goals are in close because I think that we moved the ball a little bit on Sunday. Um, there is something we're going to get one of these games, man. We're going to win two games this season. And I think that the divisional aspect here, I think that, I, man, I don't know. Maybe there's not a great reason for me thinking this. It's one of those gut feelings. 20 to 10, Carolina finally scores 20 points. Um Bryce Young throws a touchdown. I don't think he throws any interceptions in this one. I think he plays a pretty clean game. And I think that Chuba goes for 100 again. 20 to 10, Carolina. Give me the second win of the season. Yeah, I mean, we are better at home. We really are. Um, just eight, except I just don't think that the Falcons are very good, man. I just don't think that they're a you very good football team. got destroyed by them. Yeah, 100%. But we were down 14 to 6 with six minutes to go. Yeah, right? And that's yeah, despite yeah. all of our shooting ourselves in the foot. So if you can limit just a few of those things if you can catch a couple of the drops if you cannot jump off sides when they're trying to get you on a fourth and short and they're trying to get you on a snap count shy tuttle looking right at you bud just hold the ground man just hold on to the damn turf don't let go until you see someone move um yeah i i, I don't know man no reason for it 20 to 10 carolina let's go man i hope you're right so much i hate the Falcons. um <laughs> I hate right, it, yeah. and I'm going to keep on picking the Panthers every chance I get against them. <laughs> um, so, what can can you change the Mingo touchdown to a Thielen? I still need to get it over four. You need a, a Thielen touchdown? touchdowns. Sure. One, just in the next four games, I need one. So he was like, okay. he had four in like the first five games. And I was like, oh, I sweet, think, I'm gonna I, think Thielen, I think Thielen's going to have a touchdown against the Packers on Christmas Eve. Perfect. I'll take it. He's a, he's a cold weather Christmas looking dude. I, I, I Thielen's going to get that touchdown on Christmas Eve. Sweet. As long as he gets one. I just need one more. Um, Thank you. All right, man. Well, I think we had a pretty good show. Um, so I think it's time to get out of here. Um, you just want to end it like we do every time? We a big old keep pounding and beat the founders. Keep pounding. Go get win number two. 